What's up, guys? What's going on, man? What's up? What's up? Hey, living it. What's up, Jason? We're here. We're back. Hey, we're back for another episode. Numeros Trace. Is that what we're calling it? Episode three. I'm going to have to get to Omar after we get to number five because I don't know any Spanish after that. <laughs> I got you, man. I got you. I so, got you. Welcome, everybody. Episode three of Beard and the Boys. We made it. Looks like we're kind of committed. You know what I mean? So You guys are locked in. You got a long-term contract. Yeah, yeah, we definitely got a long-term contract. Jason may murder us if we were like, nah, we quit. He'd be like, uh, no, you don't. I lost a, I lost some blood the last time we signed that contract. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't get that blood back. S- signed in blood. So it's been really rainy here in Central Florida the past couple of days. Kind of kind of dreary. Unlike the rest of the country, you know, snowing, power out in Texas. A little crazy out there, guys. A little crazy. Kind of good to be in Florida. We don't have any, we don't have four foot of snow and we have still have electricity. But doesn't it go back to 80 some degrees tomorrow? Yeah, it's almost boating weather. I just yes, want everybody to know. Yes, it does. I'm still sweating. That's I, like to, Jake, I like to make fun of my, my, my coworkers that are throughout the U.S. right now that are freezing their asses off. Man. Jason's always sweating, though. It, it is a problem, but uh, <laughs> look, we can, I, we can you know, go to Botox. Help with them sweat glands. I'm listen, telling you, help with them sweat glands. I'm, I'm here for whatever. Just saying. At this point. Yes. Touch up wrinkles on the face, too. What you saying? Well, I'm starting to look older. <laughs> He's definitely looking a little old. No, I'm just flying. So, uh, you know, hey, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. Um, I hope everybody um, enjoys the episode. I promise you it will not be the two-hour and 30-minute phenom we had last week. To all of you who made it through that uh, episode, we tip our hats to you because it was definitely a long one. But, hey, when you got shit to get into, you got shit to get into. You know what I mean? We can't just be... Fucking around and leaving stuff out. We got to cover stuff. Good thing we didn't put out the other four hours that we recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our bonus episode, which it'll drop one day, but some of it, I was some about of say, it parts of it will. Some of it will drop one day. Yeah, we, Little we, clips of it will drop one yeah, day. Yeah, we were definitely super inebriated. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're not Morgan Wallen guys, so we're only going to drop clips and pieces. We, you, ain't, you ain't canceling us, I can promise you that. So, <laughs> yeah, you can try for sure. So I've had a lot of requests for to cover this topic because people want to hear our feedback and how we cover it. So, I mean, we might as well get into what everybody in Central Florida is talking about, and that would be the demanding of the apology from the maker of the the daughter of the maker of the Super Bowl trophy, demanding Tom Brady to apologize for throwing the beloved trophy that her father helped design. Hey, Karen, this is what I got for you. Yes, that's exactly what I got for Karen too. Hey, listen here. The Buccaneers are the champs. Fuck you. You're not getting 15 minutes of fame. That's all I'm telling you. We'll cover you. Hey, we'll right cover you. out the gate with one. Yeah, fuck. That's Jimmy's job. But look, we're going to get to Jimmy. Jimmy got plenty of them, I promise you that. Jimmy's but, got a couple of Jimmy takes coming. I'm pretty oh, sure I'm, of that. I'm sure that shit's coming. But nobody gives a shit what you think. Where were you at when everybody else was doing shit? Dude, could you imagine if her dad would have made the Stanley Cup? And Bro. that gets passed to everybody on the team. Yeah, that's Ever? like... Well, right now, that's like the COVID cup. If they used to put beer in that bitch now. Dude, there's been so many pictures of strippers having that on them butt naked while there's been stories of people doing cocaine out of it. And let me tell you something. If your dad made the Stanley Cup, that bitch, Karen would have died of a fucking heart attack a long time ago because that thing's been through some shit. So how about you just calm down, sit over there, and just shut the fuck up. Nobody cares what you got to say. I really don't. 
talking about some, I'm losing sleep because, you know, Tom Brady just threw the trophy across to another boat. It's ridiculous. Bitch, he threw it because it's his fucking trophy. All right, where were you at when the other seven were getting fucking thrown around? Or hit with a golf ball. Yeah. Or, or dropped. Or yeah, when Gronk played baseball with it. I mean. I think, I think she's uh, Mr. Meds a few times. Yes, I think uh, she, so, too. She lost sleep over that shit, for real? That's what she said. She was like. She, she was just trying to be relevant. That's yeah. all that was. Look, she's trying to get her name in the paper. She's she's mad because, listen, outside of the Hall of Fame, nobody gives a fuck who made the first Super Bowl trophy. Which means you don't fucking matter. You were the daughter. It's not like you even made it. You you probably were. And is looking at her age, I mean, she's probably maybe two. Three, whenever that motherfucker was made. You didn't even know. You just wondering where your dad was for six fucking weeks. You know what I mean? And now you want to come over here and complain because Tom Brady tossed the trophy? Listen, for 17 weeks, not counting the playoffs, that team put their bodies on the line. Taking hit after hit after hit, not being with their family. So if they want to turn up, get fucked up, and throw that trophy into the river and not catching it, that's their fucking business. It's not yours. That's my take. It doesn't matter. Brady just replaced it with one of the other ones he got. He's just loaning them out. Look, I'm pretty sure the Super Bowl trophy is like the Lord Stanley Cup for Tom Brady. You get a a trophy. You get a trophy. You get a trophy. So, again, I don't get it. I just don't. It's a a fucking trophy that sits on a shelf. And you know what? It's a trophy that they fucking earned. They it's live theirs. Look, Brady. It's can, a new one every year, right? Yeah. It's not like it's a new one snap. every year, yeah, right? So the teams like, keep it. Yeah, the teams. Yeah. Keep it. Look, if Brady wanted to meet Gronk in the alley and use it as a butt plug, it's his fucking business. All right, <laughs> he won the trophy. It's his fucking trophy. All right, am I right? I'm not. I'm saving the. I'm saving them for Jimmy. I'm not giving look, you no more. Look, I'm just saying, it's his trophy. <laughs> It's reserved for Jimmy, so I'm, I'm gonna save the sound effect. But but he did use butt plug. <laughs> Listen, Brady that, that was probably Gronk. the safest throw that Brady threw all season. And it was a hell of a completion. Yeah. I mean, it was a, first of all. Did you see the spiral on it? It wasn't Mike Evans. I went back and watched the video. Who was it that Cameron caught Bray. it? Cameron Brake. Okay, Cameron Brake caught it. So that makes me feel a little. Bad. Notice he didn't throw it to Godwin there, right? Ooh. Oh fuck! I dropped that bum, shit. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better on the colors. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me say this right now before we go any further. We're seven minutes in. If you're listening to this episode, we appreciate you. Um, already seven minutes in. I, I guarantee you can tell the difference in the sound. We made a, a couple of adjustments, um, but we are nowhere near finished on what it's going to sound like. So uh, you guys are on this road with us. We moved into the studio, uh, the temporary studio with you on episode one. Episode two was in the new space. That was just two rooms with nothing in it. Uh, this is episode three. We're still in a room with nothing in it with some adjustments. And then hopefully episode four, everything is in the other room, prepped and ready to go for the soundproofing. It's just we ran into a minor snaggle. Yeah, who knew you had to soak we, soundproof yeah, in water? Yeah, soak we had a water, fork. like soak them. <laughs> no, we didn't know we had to do all that. But next episode should sound a lot better. But please give us feedback especially on Twitter to Clayton and let us know that at least you see a little bit of improvement in this, in this episode. Yeah. Definitely give us feedback on, I'm trying to become the king of production, not the prince. So king, king, but I, but I've got work to do. I gotta, I gotta, you know, prove my worth here. So we cover, we covered the Karen, the real bitch and the real party pooper of the fucking, but you notice Tom Brady ain't said a fucking word, right? You know why? 
Because he don't give a fuck. No, no. He's still drunk. Yeah, he don't give a fuck. No, he's pulling a Conor McGregor. He's like, listen, let me take a second to apologize. You know, I've, I've ridiculed and dominated everyone in every division of the NFL, and I've dominated everyone in the playoffs, so let me take this time to apologize to absolutely nobody because a seven-time champ does what the fuck he wants. And if he wants to throw the trophy across the fucking Hillsborough River, he'll do it. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, he ain't never apologizing, and he shouldn't fucking apologize. Maybe next time he should start the Gronk so he can spike that shit. <laughs> well, that'd be fucking awesome. I, I may have been butthurt if he'd have spiked the fucking Lombardi. Yeah, it would have been, been awesome. So it would have been that boat. And let's, let's shoot Tom Brady and Gronk and some of these other players that are new to Tampa some bail on this situation that have won Super Bowls before. You know, We've all made fun of the memes. I'm sure everybody's seen it out there about New England and what a championship looked like compared to Tampa, right? Guys are having fun. They ain't never got to do this before. When it's 10 degrees in New England and you're trying to have a parade, it's a little different but, when you're on a boat having a little fun here. But nobody, nobody's had this, so this is completely new. So why not 80-some degrees on a boat? That's how Especially you're where, to when they've been playing up in God knows where. It's, it's cold as hell, Listen. and you're here? We got a fun coach, too. Fun coach here. Belichick, he, he just told him, hey, stand in one spot and just wave. Who's the coach? Brady? You talking about? You know Bruce Arians is a coach. Shuts the fuck. Oh, Grandpa. Um, he, hey, don't don't fuck with Grandpa, right? I'm not. He would, I, hey, he, he, he would take you that not, motherfucker in Dallas in a did, heartbeat. Did you all not say a couple weeks ago that Brady was a coach? Yeah, we did. We did. Say hey, that. How about we worry about the guy saying um, that Dak Prescott was worth forty million dollars a year? Oh, Max fucking. But, but speaking, but, he said that. Yeah. Max Kellerman said Dax Prescott was worth forty. And he also million. he also said Eli was a better fucking playoff quarterback than Tom Brady. He did say that. He's obviously absorbed some punches. He needs to stick. To, he needs to stick to fucking boxing. So so let's get Jimmy going real quick. So talking about Coach Tom Brady, I guess he's friends with uh, Odell, and I guess he like wants to get Odell a Super Bowl. I think Odell coming to Tampa would be an amazing idea. He wouldn't last oh fucking trying to get him last up. six weeks, bro. I'm he wouldn't last six weeks here. Damn Clayton. That bitch will be he'll be hurt he'll be hurt in six games. Sitting on the sideline, hanging out. I I don't agree with Odell coming to Tampa, but But if your coach Brady wants it, do you support it? Yeah, because we know because you, you're gonna have to give up something to get him. It's not gonna be hey, let's sign in Tampa. No. And and you got and, to trade for him. Shout out to my son. He he told me a four, it was four players that somebody, of course, probably just threw out there. And Vita Veda, whatever his name is, was one of them. And when I heard that, I was like, Vita and three others? No, that ain't happening. Vita Veda's not going anywhere. He's in Tampa. He's on a rookie contract. He's cheap. So why would you trade away a person who's affordable? I'm not even a Bucks fan. And if that trade was to happen. Dude, our, our defense was a different fire a lot of people when he came back. A whole right. lot of people. Dude, I would lose my shit. They got rid of Vita Vey, I would lose my money. There was also a speculation they were talking about getting rid of Antron Winfield Jr. too to get yeah. OBJ here. There's obviously a lot of crack being smoked, and I'm going to tell all them people that are saying that, I'm going to give you the old Antoine Winfield peace, bitch. All right, I'll give you the old peace sign because we're not following that. Hey, but let's not just skip over the fact that Dallas Cowboy fans think that Dak Prescott's worth $40 million a year. Oh, no, Max <laughs> Kellerman is not a Dallas Cowboy fan. He's a New York football Giants fan. Let, let, let's be honest. And there's only one reason he said that. Hashtag, go ahead. Oh, hashtag, let's be honest. Hey, shout out to Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith, and that 
idiot Colin Cowherd for allowing regular dudes like us to have a podcast (laughs) and be able to say what we want to say because a lot of times these guys don't make any sense when they talk. Yeah, some of the shit they say is fucking up. I'm sure sure Omar loves uh, Stephen A. Smith. (laughs) Stephen A. Smith's my guy. Actually, I I like Stephen A. a lot. I really do. He doesn't bother me at all by his cowboy hatred to the fans. That's that's his ex-girlfriend when he was back when he was young. She did him dirty. Hey, I get you. No problem. But back to that Kellerman guy. Right? You mean the boxing analyst that thinks he's a sports Okay, because he does know that, right? Yeah. All the fight guys. He does know His dad was a big-time boxing analyst as well, correct? Yes. Wasn't his dad murdered or something like that uh, years ago? I don't know. But he doesn't try to get into MMA like Stephen A. did, right? But he don't need it. Well, you, know, you mean Stephen A. saying, oh, women shouldn't be. I don't want to see women fight in the octagon. And Stephen then, A. was put there. He didn't yeah, it voluntarily wasn't, go there. He I'll was, agree with Jimmy. He was put there by ESPN. By the big corporate network. Yeah. Yeah, once that ESPN Plus passed, the so UFC kind of went together. They want to put that name attached to that to that program to you know get more people involved. But back to Kellerman. There's only one reason why he said he's worth $40 million. It's a cap constraint. You pay Dak $40 million. That's a huge cap to the Cowboys. He can't get nobody else behind him. So you're stuck with who you got. And if people leave because they want to get paid, now you can't pay them because, again, Dak Prescott, who I believe is a hell of a quarterback, I truly do. In my opinion, he's more in the range of 34. Four to thirty-six million dollar guy, and I believe that's thirty-six million dollars overpaid. I'm just saying, you don't as much as you know. He just turned down. How big was the contract he just turned down? They turned. He turned out it was over hundred million total. Okay, you turned down a hundred million dollar contract. Right now, only thing we know is the last time we seen you, your leg was hanging off your body. But it's remember, it's not what you're. It's not no longer what you're worth in a sense of how you play. It's the market. Right. So the market right now is in that range of thirty five, forty million dollars. But there's only a select few quarterbacks. You're telling me that he's going to be getting paid more than Aaron Rodgers, more than Russell Wilson. There's no way I'm paying Dak Prescott thirty eight plus million dollars getting paid more than Super Bowl winners. There's just no way I'll I'll pay him around thirty three to thirty six because that's where his worth at, in my opinion, is now give him thirty three to thirty six for your contract. And if he brings a Super Bowl to Dallas, he, that third year he's going to get an option. Guess what? Now you can go to that 40-plus a year. He's not going to make Super Bowl to Dallas. But, again, that's what's going to take for him, in my opinion, to get him to that 40-plus million a what, year. Was he franchised last year? He was. So, at 30, but don't they have the ability to put a second franchise tag on him? Yeah, they, it'll be at $37.2 million dollars this a, year. But my thing is you put that franchise tag on him, you're locked in for one year. You sign him it. to a large contract. Well, then if he don't sign it, he don't have a fucking team to play for. Yeah, but he for. can't play. But that's what I'm saying. He has to sign so, the contract. So, so fuck him. If you want it, I'm, I'm going to lock into you for one year. Look, I'll give you the stupid money that you want if you come out, out coming off that injury and you fucking perform. Otherwise, that's, I'll give you the guaranteed franchise tag. That's what I offer you. That's what I'm saying about the injury. You don't know what this – you don't, you don't know, know what he's going to be when he comes back. Yeah, you don't know. Oh, yeah. You don't know. If he, look, it's one thing to say, hey, yes, he's physically probably going to be 100%. But there's a mental aspect to the fact that your leg was fucking damn near detached from your body. You got to go out there, dude. Are when when that pressure is going to the pocket and it's time to roll out? Are you hesitant now to roll out? Are Gotta you afraid to? Are you afraid to to make that extra push to get that first down? And you're not. Uh, let me run out of bounds, maybe for no gain, rather than going to getting that three extra yards and possibly taking a small hit to try to get that first down. Are you going to be the player that you were before? 
to be honest with you, 90 times for 90% of the time, dude, they don't come back as the same player. Then why did anybody, why the Dolphins sign too? Rookie contract. Rookie. Okay. Right. So originally I forgot about the injury with Dak. So when you asked if he was worth the money, we'll go, we'll go on the fact that he was injured and coming back, but I still had the same question. Is he worth the money? I have a hard time saying yes or no, only because I relate everything to my Gators, and I've watched guys play in the NFL as quarterbacks that weren't crap at Florida because of coaching. So Jeff Driscoll, Jacob uh, Brissett, or Jacoby Brissett, um, Will Greer, you know, guys that just didn't have the coaching. So, I mean, if – to say for me, is Dak Prescott worth the money? I think Dak Prescott's a hell of a quarterback. I just think Dak Prescott needs a quarterback coach and offensive coach for what he's doing to be worth that money. I don't know. You would know better to answer well, this that, if, they, if he's not had that. That's exactly why he's he's a mid-tier, 30-plus million-dollar-year guy. He's not the high-tier. He's, he's not. Not to say he can't be. And I'm a huge Dak supporter. Huge Dak supporter. But again, is is Dak going to be able to be as Clayton said, a hundred percent? Because prior to the injury, if you paid it, I watched his games quite a bit, and he had opportunities to run. And what was one of the things that that killed him was he wasn't a pocket passer. He wasn't a pocket passer, so he spent more time trying to throw the ball compared to run the ball. There's a million times where, look at Romo, I hated the fact that he would stay in the pocket when he should have ran two yards. Or three yards. But Romo was a true pocket passer. His game wasn't to run unless it was, I'm running for my life. Where Dak has the ability, and that could be some play calling where they don't run enough RPOs for him. Or it could be they are running those those plays for him, but he's taking the option of, I'm going to pass instead of running. Because there's ample times where it's third and three, and we're going for a 40-yard bomb instead of getting five yards. Five yards gives me three more downs. Potentially four. And and as a Cowboys fan, it just drives me nuts. But not just as a Cowboys fan. That's any fan, any quarterback that's able to run and move in the pocket. If you see Russell Wilson, if you're a Seattle fan, and you see him throwing the ball 30 yards down the field, we need two yards. And you easily could have got two yards. But DK Metcalf was semi-open, so I'm going to try to throw it down the field. As a fan, what are you saying? You could have ran for three yards and got us a first down and then try that deep ball in the very next play. So that's so that's where that's why I say where when it comes to Dak Prescott, he's a mid tier 30, 30 million dollar man quarterback. He really, really is. That he's got the tangibles that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. The leadership ability is what, what drives his number up. But I've heard it on multiple podcasts, multiple you know, sports analysts. The sad thing is, where it gets paid, where they get paid, the very next person wants that number. Look at Kirk Cousins. He played on two franchise tags back-to-back and then got the most expensive contract to the Vikings. Sorry, Vikings. That was a horrible deal you gave him. But $84 million guaranteed. His entire contract was guaranteed. So, Too many believe is a career backup. I mean, Kirk Cousins is not going to take you to the dance. You know, and it's the crazy thing is, Dude, how did we get to playing paying mid tier quarterbacks thirty plus million a year? It's fucking nuts the where the leagues went. You know what I mean? It's we went from you pay mid tier quarterbacks mid tier pay to now. Did you imagine if Trent Dilfer was offered thirty million dollars years ago and he wasn't a great NFL quarterback? He was a career backup. 
Yes, he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, but he was a game manager. Let's be honest. It was the defense. He managed that and and won the Super Bowl. Only takes 10 points. So, I mean, it's it's crazy where the market is for quarterbacks these days. You know what I mean? Just like Carolina reports are Carolina offered Houston three first-round draft picks and Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson, and Houston turned it down, said we're not interested. Um, You should have you should have hit that go button. Yeah, I don't know about that, yeah. Because um, hey, because that guy didn't doesn't want to play for you. Deshaun doesn't want to be there. He don't want to. Last be there. person you want in your locker room is the quarterback that don't want to be there. That that doesn't make any. So sense. So I got a question for you guys on Deshaun Watson, right? Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause built into his current contract. If you don't want to be at your current team that you're playing for in Houston right now, right? If you're Deshaun Watson, do you waive that no trade clause? Depending on what team it is. If you say I'm going to trade you to the Jets, I'm going to tell you, hell no, I got a no trade clause. But no, the but Jets, he wanted the Jets. He wants it. He wanted the hit. He, he came out saying Jets and Dolphins were his top two choices. This guy just wants out of Houston. I, I agree with you, but you you can't tell me that San Francisco's not a good and a good choice. Today. Look, send me to San Francisco or even in, inside my division, Washington, who's got a hell of a defense. You can't tell me that that's not a, a pretty decent choice for you to choose. He chose the Jets and the Dolphins. And now he gets nothing. He's going to be right there in yeah. Houston, probably sitting out. He's not going to play. I mean, may, that's he what. May, he may play, but he's not going to be Deshaun Watson. No, he's that's what. Be. I mean, all reports are that he's probably, I mean, he's going to sit out. And the thing is, Ooh. I mean, if he's not going to play, he's going to sit out. Yeah, You're going to force the hand is what you're going to do. You're going to force them to trade you. And then what's going to happen is the draft's going to pass. Draft's going to pass, and then they're not going to get them three first-round picks and them star players like they would have got if they drafted him right now. Because he's going to force them. They're going to be like, well, fuck, we got to get somebody in here. Him sitting out is really disrupting everything. I mean, but in all, Houston has went above and beyond trying to meet what he wanted. They hired the offensive coordinator that he wanted. They hired – they brought in – the only coach they didn't bring in, the offensive coordinator uh, from Kansas City, that's who he reports were saying that he wanted to be the head coach. That guy should be a head coach. The enemy should be a head coach right now. Oh, for sure. No doubt. Look, I agree, but he's not. So there's something about that that we don't know, or there's some backdoor blackballing going on, you know what I mean? So there's there could be a lot more behind that. But So this, I mean, is, this is the time to throw out speculation, and I have not heard this, but what if the the Bucks were interested in trading for him? I don't want him. You got to give up too much. You got to give up too much. And we're in a position where we have we have solid players, and we have to sign players. I'm not bringing that contract on for him to be a backup behind. Yeah, I mean, it would be a backup Tom for Brady. one year. So, so, so I if just you're going to sit out. I mean, I'm is just it going to be for one year? What if Tom Brady leads you to another Super Bowl and says, "I want to resign"? You not sign him? I mean, you sign him every day. That guy's playing here as long as he wants. As long as he wants. I want to play time fifty. Dude, sign hey, the deal, hey, bro. Let's do it. Let's be real. Yeah, His name's yeah. going to be on the Ring of Honor one day. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. With the Bucks, they're gonna just like they did John Gruden. He won one Super Bowl. His name's gonna be on the Ring of Honor. So yeah. I, I just looked it up. Deshaun Watson's average salary is thirty nine million dollars. Oh, so you got you got to if he's gonna get traded, he's first got to go to a team, in my opinion, that has the cap space to take down that hit. It's not like baseball where we can trade. I'll trade you this guy, and you pay a portion of that salary. It's not like baseball. So somebody's got to be able to absorb forty million dollars a year. Through 2026. Look, everybody outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first round needs a quarterback. I say make that move. 
the Jaguars have so much possible cap space, probably going to have more than what they had this past year, which at the end of the year, they had over a hundred million dollars open cap space. And then you have the first overall pick, which by all means, probably going to be Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? He's probably going to be the first overall pick. I feel like you have almost have to take him first overall pick. Dude, he's yeah. already got his bags packed and, and flack. Yeah. Info but, I mean, you saying that, that wouldn't be a bad – I mean, Urban Meyer coming in, you, you trade for Deshaun Watson, you got the number one pick. Now you you build around Deshaun Watson. I mean, that – But you're building from the ground up, and my problem with that is you've seen how it played out in Houston when shit didn't go his way. Yeah, how is true. it going to play out in the locker room you're trying to build from the ground up? How is he going to react against a coach who is who is a very strong – force and it's going to be his way or you're fucking out of here. Cause that's how urban Meyer is. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer puts, this is going to be my way. And then that's it. If it doesn't go that way and that's not what Deshaun Watson wants, then I mean, you're just, ter- you're, you're basically everything you're doing is fucking pointless. It's almost like Jalen Ramsey when he was with Jacksonville, he started running that mouth and he didn't like the direction the coach was going. Jacksonville shipped his ass out. He was, he was a pro bowler. They don't give a fuck. If you're, if look, and that, I think that's how every team in the league needs to play. Look, if you're, you're either on board, or get off the fucking ship. Either you're in it or get out. I don't care how good you are. We're all in. They're all NFL players. They're all the best of the best at their position, no matter what. Even if they get smoked or they get beat in a game, it's because the guy across from them is just better than them. But when you get into that level, you're the best of the best of your position regardless. Now, with the Deshaun Watson situation, we don't know what's happened behind closed doors in Houston. We don't. We have reports out there that, you know, he's requested, help, you know, giving his opinion on and having a say in what's going on. And we know that the owners reached out to a coaching tree, tree help out to try to figure out, you know, another company to help them locate a coach for them. And they completely went against their recommendation and went with someone else. So it could be a, a truly fractured relation between owner and a quarterback. And I, and I do believe if you have a star quarterback, there should be some type of say in there. But again, I, I work, I work for a company, right. That asks my opinion. I'll give my opinion and my recommendation. It's their decision to go with my recommendation or not. I can be unhappy or doesn't matter if I want my job. And I want to keep making money. I have to toe the line. Unfortunately, that's, that's the bad part, Right. I don't have the ability to say I'm going to sit out because I made X amount of million, millions of dollars already. Deshaun and these other players have that ability and they should have a voice for their teams. They should. Everybody should. Right. But again, I don't know what happened behind those scenes when it came to that situation. We only know what happened based on what's been reported. And we all know that it's like the telephone game. When we were kids. I can tell Jason you a secret by the time it gets to Clayton and by the time it gets to Jimmy, that, that secret's changed completely. So what narrative are we to believe that truly happened? Because none of us has really heard from Deshaun Watson. Right. I think that most of it is, I mean, just like any situation, you got Deshaun Watson's story, you got the Texan story, and then right in the middle is really what fucking's going on. You mean, you got Deshaun Watson saying, hey, the team's doing this, that we, they're not giving me. I think a lot of it, when they started, when they traded, um, who was the offense, who was the wide receiver that was there they just traded? Oh, uh, Hopkins left. When they traded uh, Hopkins, I think that really put a spurn in his fucking ass. That was his guy. They were teammates at Clemson. Yeah. So that's when the team started going. So when you trade away his guy and you don't replace it with a weapon, I mean, how are you supposed to feel the quarterback? Your job is to get at the weapons. Not everybody's fucking Tom Brady in New England and being able to throw it to nobodies. 
Well, you also found out that he got traded from I think, Twitter or something. Remember? Right. It wasn't even a it hey. By the way, we're it. we're trading. You know, DeAndre Hopkins. It's DeAndre Hopkins, a cardinal. What? Well, wait a minute, yo, Hop. What what's going on here? I just found out. So you're the franchise. I drafted you for the franchise, and you got rid of my best weapon. Yeah, and 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 you don't even you don't even discuss it with me. That goes back to Bill O'Brien. That dude. When they hired him as the coach and the GM, and as soon as Hopkins pissed him off, he was pretty much gone. As soon as he made him mad, that was it. I mean, you know where Bill O'Brien is right now, right? Yeah, he ain't with the fucking Texans, I can tell you that much. One of the things I was telling, and I'm sure you guys seen it, uh, walking off the field the last Texans game, J.J. Watt was standing there waiting for uh, Deshaun Walton to come up, and he said, I'm sorry, bro. We, you know, we we uh, wasted your. He let you down. We let you down, and we wasted your best years, or something like that. And then, you know, JJ Watt left, or was like, oh, whatever happened with that. So that was kind of telling. Well, he has to be trade. He has to be released. Hold on, though. and see, and that's my problem is it's like, what's good for one player should be good for the other. If if JJ Watt's gonna walk up and say, "Hey, I want to be released. I want to move on," if Deshaun Watson doesn't want to fucking be there, then let him go. This all turns into where it's like. Look, the team can release them players at their will and only pay them a part of their fucking contract. But a player wants to leave and go somewhere else. They can't. They're locked to that contract. So my thing is, it's like, I'm going to guarantee you when the new CBA comes out, it's definitely going to be in there that the players are allowed to, if they request a, I mean, there's going to be other stipulations in there that the team and the player are held to basically the same level when it comes to contracts. As a as a team to be able just to release somebody or just forget all that. JJ Watt just coming up and saying, "Hey, I want to be released in Texas." You're like, cool, bro, you can go, and not even trade to try to get anything from him for him or anything like that. Because I I believe even with his year, do they could have traded him for a third, fourth round pick to a team that was missing a a pass rusher? Well, you you do got two two different tier players here. JJ Watt's on the back end of his career. Deshaun Watson. He still got his golden years, bro. He still, it's still, but it's the it's the it's the point that if a player does that, this is the thing. Like uh, like um uh, who's the uh, guy from the uh, Golden State Warriors? Um, Clay Thompson. No, no. Oh, Draymond Curry. Green. Draymond Green. Just he said it out. best on ESPN. He just said it best. He said, "Listen, a player wants to get traded, or he and you won't trade him, or you don't, or you're not putting weapons around him, and he's requesting to be released or be traded." And then when you refuse it, he sits out. He's called a cancer. All right? But a team can release you at any moment and say, fuck you. We don't want you anymore. How is that fair? How are you going to say, hey, that way that guy's attitude is, is you're a cancer in our locker room. But a team can say, I mean, he's just not a fit for us and let him go. You know what I mean? And for those listeners out there that don't know, uh, Draymond was talking about Drummond, who was – they came out for warm-ups to play against Golden State. For the Cavs. For the Cavs. And they ended up, he went back into the locker room, changing the street clothes, and it was posted that he's going to be seated, seated, being seated for the game because they're getting ready to trade for him. And what Draymond's trying to say is, we're called cancers. We're, we're the ones causing the issue when we don't fit the team's narrative. Yet when the team, when, when, they, when we don't fit their narrative and it's their decision... Have a seat here while we trade well, you. Well, that came because they were saying talking about James Harden in Houston. Because James Harden says, I'm sitting. Look, I want to be traded. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go. 
And they were like, oh, no, he's a, then when he sat out, they were like, his attitude and the everything is, a, it's a cancer to the locker room, so we're going to move him. And then he went to Brooklyn. But the thing is, that guy, they just, they don't say anything. They're like, all right, we're just going to trade him. You know what I mean? It's And that guy requested the trade, I guess, previously is what it came out. And Draymond's like, how is that fucking fair? How are you going to call that man a cancer when he, all he wanted to do was just go to another team? You either release him or you trade him or whatever, just move him. But you call him a cancer because he's like, he doesn't like the way things are being handled and he doesn't want to be a part of it. Because at the end of the day, what's put on the court, that's them guys' audition and their resume for the next payday. So if the coaching isn't correct, or and this goes football, basketball, baseball, it doesn't matter what fucking sport you go to. If the coaching isn't correct, and at the end of the day, the back-end performance doesn't come out the way it's supposed to look, that affects your bottom line and affects your payday. So if, if Deshaun Watson stays in Houston – and he's got a shitty-ass fucking coach that's calling dumb-ass fucking plays, and it's not highlighting his capabilities and making him, putting him in position to be successful. When he's not successful and he goes to re-up or he's finally released to go to another team, and, you know, he's, he's making basically nothing in his next contract. He's not able to get that big contract because he didn't perform well on the back end of these contracts. Well, well it's, not even just, it's not even just that. Think, think about it from this perspective. He chooses to sit this season, this season. I'm not going to play. Not going to play. Oh, and they'll call him a cancer. Yeah. Oh, he's a cancer. Well, they're the going to so, find him bad. So they're, they're going to they're, they're take money from yeah. him for not playing, right? And he's losing a year of football. Granted, it's going to help him. Le'Veon Bell would help because you don't lose. You don't You don't have that year of, of wearability, you know, against your body. But he's losing that one year of football, which means he's getting a little older, right? So teams are going to take a look at that. Now, if you're a team who's wanted Deshaun Watson, do you want to take that chance where if he doesn't like us, something's going to happen? So now he's hindering his own self, not because of the fact that he's doing this, because Houston, you're being an asshole to him. The Texans, you're being assholes. If he does not want to play for you and you got rid of his best receiver, who the hell is he throwing to the ball to? Will Fuller? Yeah, exactly. Who just got suspended for PEDs? During the at towards the end of the season, was having a hell of a freaking uh, season, and got caught. And that's what I'm saying. You're putting him in a position to not be successful. Which at the end of the day, his next contract or whatever team he's with, if you release him, affects his bottom line. He's not going to get the money he deserves. I think we can all agree 100 that Sean Watson is an elite quarterback in this league. Is he on the level of Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Not yet. Not yet. Of course not. not yet. He's that one tier but, below, dude, in my opinion. He's fucking right there. You put the right weapons around him, that dude's making a run. He's making a run. He's better than Lamar Jackson. In, in my opinion, he's better than Lamar Jackson. He's a better pure passer. He's a better deep ball. Hey, he's just as dynamic on his feet. You know what I'm saying? He's quick. Yeah, he can't make them quick running back cuts or whatever like Lamar Jackson. But, dude, but his pure capability, if I had to choose between one or the two, do I take Deshaun Watson 10 times out of fucking 10? Just Absolutely. because... You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. Yep. Size, capability, arm strength, being able, just pure leadership. That's my fucking guy. I mean, it just it, that's just my opinion. I mean, it's probably an unpopular opinion, especially with anyone who roots for Baltimore or ex uh, Louisville fans or whatever. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just my opinion. I mean, we could go on with the NFL all night, okay? And I mean, I'm sure coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna have a lot of draft questions as we go through all of that and everything. But, uh, dude, UFC this past week, huge. I mean, what we thought was going to be a shit card turned out to be 
pretty fucking good. I went to L House and watched a fight, and I was posting it on uh, Twitter, the results as they were coming up. Let me tell you something. Dude, good fights. Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso. Macy Barber is supposed to be the next up-and-coming thing in that division, and shut down. Shut down. Yes, it went off five rounds, and Alexa Grasso won by decision. You know what I mean? And Or it went three rounds. She won by decision in the, uh, you know, after three rounds. But, dude, the boxing clinic that Alexa Grasso put on with the feints and the head movement, dude, she was sticking Macy Barber. Does this say that Macy Barber's career is taking a turn for the worse? Nah, it's a reset. She's young. She's young, and she does have a bright future. But let me tell you something. Ever since Alexa Grasso went down, she's now 3-0 in that division and looking great. I mean, I don't know if any of y'all watched the clips of that, dude, but the clinic and the head movement on that was something serious. And then I think I think her going down in that weight, uh, her last two fights prior, really, really helped because you're you're fighting a completely different, you know, size person, all that stuff. So coming down, I think it's helped her because she's carrying heavier weight compared to when she goes to fight. So right. it's given an added advantage. She was already quick before she moved down. Right. So now she's stronger, faster. And it was it, it was beyond the clinic on that head movement around she, around she, them shots. It was it was ridiculous. She she looked really really good. I mean really really good. And then Kevin Gaslam, he's back, guys. I mean, I mean a lot of people sold him out after you know what I mean. He had he had the loss of a couple fights ago, but he wins a thir- three round decision as well. And I like Kevin Gaslam. It seems like he was. It felt like he had a great camp, and he was just kind of, I mean, his movement and his attitude, you can see it in his face. He was really filling out the fight, and it just seemed like everything he was doing was just working, man. He was just on point, on point, on point. So, I mean, the bottom half leading into that co-main event was was beautiful. And then on to the main event. The old crotch sniffer, Kamara Usman. Let me tell you something. We all called him a crotch sniffer. Let me tell you something. He went over with Trevor Whitman. Now he trains with Gaethje and Trevor Whitman over in Colorado. Let me tell you something. Whitman is a fucking wizard, bro. He's a fucking wizard. What he's done with Kamara Usman is he's made him a true, truly, truly dangerous fucking fighter. Kamara Usman didn't try to go to the ground not one fucking time. Not one time. I'm going to tell you right now. Gilbert Burns was laying on the ground begging Usman to come in multiple times. And whose mom was like, nah, bro, Marty ain't coming down there. Get on up. And he's, he, hey, everything that everybody wants to do is fight Kamara standing up because they feel like they got the advantage because, you know, he's more of a clinch wrestler, foot stomper like he did with Masvidal, pinning him against the cage, stomp his foot, stomp his foot. Dude, wasn't none of that. He wanted Burns to meet him in the middle, and he fucked Burns up. He jabbed him up. Jabbed that jab was fucking. That was a nasty ass jab. Oh it kept, my lord! It kept Burns off balance the whole dude, fight. Dude was fucking Burns up left and right. I mean, fucking hurting him every time he thought he had a read on Kamara and thought he was gonna step in. Boom! That jab hit again, and he was. You see it in his eyes. He's like, "Fuck!" Here we go. And they were longtime training partners. You would think that if anybody, Burns would know what Kamara's going to bring to the game. But I'm telling you, it's that Trevor Whitman, Trevor Whitman-esque wizardry that fucking put some put something special on fucking Kamara because he looked like a completely different fighter. But he, fin- he finally, in my opinion, I think, he finally understood what he should do. We all know he got some devastating punches. Kamara Usman has some devastating power behind him, behind him punches. 
He just feels more comfortable in the clinch. That's where he feels more comfortable. And everybody expected, as we all expected him to just kind of clinch in there, stomp on the foot a couple times, throw a couple knees here and there, you know, get back, beat him up against the cage. Honestly, he finally, I think we saw the Usman we want to see against Masvidal. I think that's the Usman. If, if you have those two guys going at it and he fights like that, I'm okay with him going to the clinch if we're throwing blows in the middle of that ring in between some of that mixing around. You mean to tell you something? I don't think, I think they're probably going to make the Masvidal fight. And I think Kamara beats Masvidal again, even with a full camp. I think if that Kamara comes out, I think Masvidal, it doesn't, it's not going to have the answer for Kamara's wrestling, which we know is high level. He already beat Masvidal in the clinch and put him up against the fence. And we could have a crotch sniffing party on our hands again. I mean, you know what I mean? We could have that same kind of fight. But at the same, I just don't think Masvidal is going to have an answer for that that level of attack because now, do I think Usman's? We we've all watched Masvidal fight. Masvidal likes to throw a bunch of long swinging punches like he did against Nate. When he gets Nate backing up, he just goes fucking. He just keeps bringing him. You know what I mean? It's almost like windmills. He just brings the overhand after overhand after overhand. Hey, and he's a dog, bro. He's fucking treat Jesus for a reason. You know what I mean? He's a dog, but I think that. The technical side and the fucking the shit that Kamara showed against Burns, it makes you think like, damn, damn. Is Masvidal gonna? Be? And he even came out and said, Jorge signed the fucking contract. I put a I put a the final nail in your fucking coffin. He wants him. He's like, listen, I'm tired of all this. Oh, I took it on short notice and all that. Hey, I, how about we give Jimmy? Because Jimmy's over flinching. Oh, let's let's give, give Jimmy. His, let's give, give him his five minutes look, of Jimmy time. I, look, I'm about to give it to him. You got your finger on that button, Jason. Get ready because you' about to need it. So I'm just telling you like this. He said that he'd put the nail in the coffin, and he wants Masvidal again. And I got another thing that I think that might possibly happen, but we're gonna let Jimmy uh, comment on the Masvidal Usman situation. All right, folks. First. This is that time you put your ear to that, ladies that and gentlemen. Room. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we proudly present to you Jimmy's take on Kamara Usman. <laughs> well, I watched the, the Usman and Masvidal fight. I actually paid for that at my house. And um, after, I think he, he took that fight on seven days notice, a week notice, and yeah. Usman couldn't hit him. It was pretty much a fucking matrix. I mean, he pushed him up against the cage and stomped on his feet. And every time Usman swung, Masvidal was gone. A little cut on his eye, he headbutted him and cut his eye. I'm not gonna sit here and say Usman's gonna gonna piece up Masvidal because no, of that. No, 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 no. It's not gonna. No. Usman and Masvidal, they're gonna meet in, the, and Masvidal's gonna pressure Usman. Nobody's done that. Burns didn't do that because of that jab had him backing up. Other no, birds couldn't do that. Masvidal's a different. It's a different monster, bro. I watched Masvidal when he fought in the street with Kimbo. That he's gonna come for five rounds. He didn't come. He didn't come for five rounds last time because he wasn't in shape. Then he eat the a dude. Whole large the dude pizza. was on a boat drinking. Then he, he was out the night before drinking, and he ate a large pizza before on he the came. Airplane. To, yeah, wasn't it on the airplane? So to sit here and say he's gonna beat Mosby Dahl's ass because what he did—that's a totally different guy. And, and and look, at that time Usman was not training with Trevor Whitman. He was not training with the training partners like Justin Gaethje. Look, you got to go and you got to fucking spar with Justin Gaethje every day. If that don't make you a better fighter, bro, if that don't make you really have your head on a swivel, I mean, I don't know what does. But I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park that like he's going to walk through fucking Masvidal. But 
just like Connor when he fought Poirier, when he fought Poirier, ring rust is a real fucking thing. You got to put time in the octagon. All right. Kamara has consistently stayed fucking busy. Okay. He stayed busy. He just defended his title. Masvidal hasn't done anything. So, Masvidal, are you going to take another fight before you fight Kobe? Well, they was trying to get him to fight Kobe. Why the fuck would he fight Kobe? Why? I mean, I wouldn't fight Kobe. Well, no, I, I agree. I agree that he doesn't fight. He, he shouldn't have fought Kobe or fight Kobe. I, I completely agree why, with that. Why wouldn't you fight Kobe? What? Why wouldn't you fight Kobe? Why wouldn't you fight Kobe? You both just got your ass whooped by Kamar Usman. All right. You two fuckers need to fight to no. see who fights him next. Kobe got, Kobe got his fucking his jaw. Yeah, he got his jaw broke. Usman. He got his jaw broke by Usman, no doubt. Masvidal but, lost in five rounds to a fucking hump your leg, stomp on your foot fight. That right. I was wanting to break my fucking TV after paying seventy dollars to watch it. But uh, but again, because of the fact he took that fight on seven days' notice, that's why he that's why he doesn't take the Kobe fight. Give him a pass. Because if he if he takes a Kobe fight and loses to Kobe, right? Now he's back to square one. Now around. now he's you can't you can't get to Usman. You get to fight two more guys before you get to Usman. Right. And we. We all don't want to see Usman Covington again. Kobe I'm sorry. Don't, Kobe don't deserve that fight. Dude, didn't they just offer Kobe another fight? Kobe, they got him wanting to fight some no Oh, Le- Leon Edwards. Yeah. Leon Edwards. Because Leon Edwards, uh, the... And we're talking about ring rust. This the, dude ain't fought in three fucking years. Oh, yeah. The Russian dude. The Russian dude, uh, whatever, the Khabib, Khazib, Khazib, or whatever yeah. the hell his name is. Yeah, he's got COVID. He caught COVID and whatever. So now then they, they open that Leon Edwards fight and... If I'm Colby, I mean, I'm very sketchy to take that fucking Leon Edwards. That's a dangerous fight. Then you're not going to benefit that. I mean, Masvidal gave him a three a, piece in a soda. I mean, on a oh yeah, he did, <laughs> he did, he did. But but you don't take you don't take a fight again. That that's for 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 Leon Edwards. He needs somebody with a decent name in there to really move him up the ladder. That's why he's calling out Jorge. So, that's why exactly. he's trying to get Colby to fight. That's why he's talking shit about Usman. Oh, he's trying to get all these guys to, oh, to pull sure. him in. But let me tell you about this report. Totally. I mean, it still has to do with uh, Kamara, dude. There's been there's been little whispers and rumbles and stuff that I've heard on podcasts and little articles that I've read. Dana White is like Khabib Nurmagomedov has said multiple times he needs something that really just wets his fucking mouth, right? That really makes him want to come back. What? What would not make him want to come back to come up to be to go fight Kamara at one seventy, and be a double champ? Khabib's already said he's not moving up. Yep. If he does anything, if he does anything, he's going to do it at his weight. He's not moving. Oh, so up. he wants Kamara to come down. I think that'd be a hard weight for Kamara. He's Kamara's not big up. at one seventy. I think it'd be a really hard for him to be at one fifty five. I don't blame Khabib. I mean, I wouldn't either. That's a super dangerous fight. For, first off, I'm never, I'm never fucking lost. Why would I come to your weight? Right, come to yeah. mine. I'm the motherfucking number one pound for pound. You got to come to mine. Yeah. For, first off, I don't see Usman cutting the weight down to, to Khabib. That's yeah, just, he's, he's too, that's he's just, he's too, too big. He, his frame's too big. I'm no sure way. he he he's running at about 180, 85 pounds is when he walk his walk around weight more than likely. And you're gonna tell me to cut down 20 pounds, 30 pounds to get? No, there's no way in hell. I'm just saying that was rumblings that I heard, and I knew that I was gonna get this one right here to be like, fuck that yeah. shit, bro. But Khabib said. Hell, nah. he can come yeah. to me. Khabib Look, ain't gonna fight no more. That's it. You won't see Khabib. No you more. know Dana won't give that shit up for no reason. And hold on, here's another one. Poirier McGregor three. For the belt. Dana White said oh it's a go for this God, summer. It, it's a go for this summer. So we got McGregor. We got Jimmy. What is McGregor? A fucking bitch. 
So we got we got that was the, Jimmy. Hey, we folks. got the what? That was Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy's uh, takes do not reflect the Magnetico Creative Network at all. <laughs> so Jimmy, we got the what? McGregor's the what? A bitch versus Poirier for a third time. So I mean. I mean, that's going to fucking happen. Tell that's me why he deserves a fucking title fight. It's not a title fight. All right, all right. I bet you, as sure as I'm fat, white, and ugly sitting in this fucking chair right here, by the time that fight's announced, it's going to be for a belt. Guarantee you. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I it, don't disagree with you. Keep it going. Keep it we've going. already said that the uh, Dustin Poirier McGregor 2 should have been for the title fight. Clayton, you and I are both Look, I on agree. record number, saying that. Number two so number three is going to be for the title fight. There's just no way he deserves a title fight. Look, no I, way. I completely I, agree with you. I don't. But who else that, is there going to put in that position yeah, for a title fight? Gage, I look, I don't think he deserves a title fight. I don't think he deserves a title fight. Okay? Who's McGregor beat, dude? I agree with you. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just telling you, Dana White wants to Gage got beat by Khabib. And Poirier beat him, too. Look, it you, should be Gage McGregor. Get, but look, my thing is this you should fight. It should be Michael Chandler versus Gaethje. Okay. Let, hey, let's just do. I'll a, take let's that. Do, I'll let's, take that. Let's do a lightweight tournament. Let's just say fuck it. Let's do a lightweight tournament. Okay. Let's go back old school. Look, if you want McGregor and Poirier three, fine, dude. Where did, Whatever. They're doing that to sell fucking pay per views, bro. Huh? What about my guy? Is he? Does he like? Is he? Is he not in that? He's not in that weight class. What weight? What, what he's weight? at one eighty five. How much and, off is it? And he's about, he's about to fight. And he's about to fight at two oh five. So so Izzy's going up to two oh five to try to win the two oh five title on March sixth. So that's the fight we're going to To watch. fight Willie the Plumber that's, yeah, that's got a title. I like Izzy. Yeah. I told y'all I like so, Izzy. To fight John Blasco, whatever. I don't, Blasco care, who, I don't care who Izzy fights, he's winning. I'm okay. telling you. Okay. Okay. John Jones. Okay, poor John man. Jones, no, he's got to cheat. Not John Jones. Oh, shit. He didn't say John Jones. Ooh, he said JJ. Hey, hold on. The John hey, Jones, we, he's a cheater, right? Pico Grimms. I mean, that's like Alex Rodriguez trying to fight. I ain't trying to, I ain't supporting that. Pico Grimms. <laughs> Is that the Pico Graham guy? Yeah, Pico Grimms. But, but that <laughs> no, son, you don't want that smoke, bro. He Cheater or not, no, he don't want that no, smoke. No, I've seen John Jones, and I've seen him on an interview, so and, I know and he's... When, and when John Jones gets excited about a fight, dude's Watch a out. fucking killer. But John Jones is... I still think... It's more than Pico Graham's with John look, Jones, right? If you... It's the Pico Graham's. He took a tainted dick pill is what he said, and... It but caused, it, was, it, okay, was actually, but, it was actually proved that that's what it was. But yeah, John look, Jones, before that... Had was pro, some problems cocaine, with cocaine yes. and, and, and drugs and alcohol. Alcohol. Dude, not, fu- forget the marijuana because that we we, yeah, we already established. Wasn't it a DUI he Dude, had at one point? Yeah. But he's had other issues. Other crashed than a just, pregnant woman's car, man. <laughs> that almost yeah. killed her. And he fought Alex, Alexander Gustafson and didn't even train for the fucking fight and still won. Yeah. He, he clearly he's a like, bad man. He was I've like, seen. Bro, I did cocaine and fucked hookers. Well, now he's this going entire up, time, and I still beat you. He's going up the heavyweight and he's going to win that belt too. So is he legit? Is he so John Jones is a heavyweight, right? He's moved he up. just moved up, yep. He moved he, up he to heavyweight. Made, so he now you're saying the two oh five title. Izzy is going up to, to fight two oh five. After he, he wins this March sixth fight, is what you're telling me, then he's gonna maybe fight John Jones? He's gonna run his mouth. Okay. That's he's what we're gonna we do. try to get John Jones to come back down to fight him. Oh, so he's gonna try to get Jones to come down. Yeah, Izzy doesn't have the, doesn't have the build to go up to heavyweight. Yeah, I don't he, think he has the build to fight in two hundred five. He's got to come down. So either, I'm either like fight down or, or catch weight. One I feel the like I'm His like the voice like of the listeners one. that don't understand MMA. <laughs> so I'm just asking questions because okay. some people may know know things, um, or or know of some people. Um, I got another question for you guys, and we talked about it on the on the text thread. That's fire. Um, back in my day, when MMA first started. 
I went to Blockbuster and got the fights. And Hoist Gracie was the man. And then after Hoist Gracie, there was a white guy that wore like wrestling pants, underwear, whatever you call them. That was a big fighter then, but Ken Shamrock, Shamrock, or yes. Oh, Hoist Gracie, UFC one, Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. Okay, so my question to you guys is: for me being at that time, I'm 43 now, so I was probably like 19, 20. I'm thinking around that, maybe a little younger. You said Blockbuster. Yeah, like I still got late fees. Blockbuster. I got you beat seven star video. Hold on. Do you want to take a second and explain to all the young people out there what a Blockbuster video is? Google it, you little fuckers. (laughs) 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 They even made a game out of it. That's the bad part. So my question to you is, because I'm I'm just being honest, there's a lot of people out there that are probably just like me, and I'm a man saying this, I'm secure saying it, and I know my wife is on board, but MMA got like really I don't even want to say gra- like I don't know what the right terminology is but when I first started watching it Hoist Gracie it didn't matter who he was fighting it almost seemed like there wasn't weight things at that time there wasn't okay. okay. so I feel better about there was this. no rules back then it was outlawed the only rules used to be is no eye gouging and no headbutting so, so the rules were a little different yeah they couldn't, a lot, a lot it was, different it was outlawed in a lot of states because they called it human cockfighting because okay. you just put these guys in any weight you can wear gloves you can wear shoes you didn't have to wear gloves Okay, you can so wear, you can wear mankinis, you can wear fucking okay. full geese. Because because so watching that, I mean, I, okay, so I'm, I'm seeing the rules change, but Hoist Gracie just dominated everything that I've seen, and it was so amazing to me to see him go up against bigger people, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. and just that yeah. Brazilian jitsu, him walking with his family like this, you know, holding hands. Every one of them guys were fighters. Yeah. Every and I've learned that over the years, but what stuck with me at that age was just how he manhandled everybody at such a, a and, but it wasn't barbaric. It wasn't blood everywhere. It wasn't. So what you're saying is one, Hoyce Gracie was just on another level. And then two, the rules have changed over years for, to allow fighters to, to do a little more, to be more physical, more contact, does that make, well, make well, it sense? Back then was more contact because their only two rules were as you could. Hold on, there was more than two rules: no head buddy, no eye gouging, no biting. You didn't see the the, the punching in the face no, like no, you do now. But though. it depends on who you who it you watch back it then. It was who the fighting were because Gracie Gracie was all about jujitsu. His job was to get you down on the ground, whether he he's on his back or he's on top of you. That was his that was right. his thing because it's like judo. And you're Sometimes I thought judo. he was losing and he won. Like it was because just, it's all about where nobody you, knew what Brazilian bars. jiu-jitsu was. Yeah, yeah. it was okay. different. Only his family knew Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Everybody else was a wrestler or a fighter. It was you were a boxer. So it was new you to the country at the time. You, yeah, you right. didn't have multiple different you know okay. different known. Like right now, you got people who are jiu-jitsu artists. They're boxers. They're wrestlers. They know multiple different Most areas. Don't know, but the Gracie family started that whole UFC thing. Yeah, and then they I mean, still fight now. And it was a, there's still some Gracie, still there's still some Gracie, but not Hoist. It doesn't fight. No, Ho- Hoist is almost Hoist is in his fifties. So they, so it was it was considered like like modern day cockfighting back then with the, the people. And then Dana White and the Fertitas came in, purchased it, purchased it for what a hundred thousand dollars or something like that for a hundred grand. They purchased the entire UFC, the banner and everything. And it was outlawed in all these states. And then uh, the first UFC was what held in Dothan, Alabama. It was Dothan, Alabama, because it was supposed to be in New York. And New York said, uh uh-uh. uh. So they had to find somewhere it, that like, would sanction quick. it. So they went to Dothan, Alabama to some arena. First they built year, the arena right before, literally, they built it yeah, as they, they were supposed to fight that night. So, so they, put, they, put up, they put up the arena, they put all this shit in. They go to the fucking like a convention center or whatever, throw this fucking thing together. 
have UFC 1, which back then, when we found out about UFC, there was no internet and all that. You had to go to a Blockbuster video, and you rented it about a week after the fucking fight. Oh, it was like it was or, live. Or you, <laughs> or you had the black like box. You are like, oh, shit, this yeah. happened right now. Yeah. That's crazy. Or you had the black box. Or, or, Ooh, don't oh. talk about the black box. Listen. Hey. Boxing rules in. Dana White and the Fertitas came in and they put a lot of the boxing rules in weight classes. Weight classes couldn't wear shoes anymore. You had to kind of get rid of some of that stuff. You know what I mean? You they, they got rid of the geese and stuff like that. So it put like a lot more. They put rules in it and started sanctioning it. So and put a governor body around it. Las Vegas started sanctioning fights. And it's actually the reason why you know uh, Dana White and Donald Trump is so so close and such good friends. And a lot of people. I mean, he spoke at the Republican National Convention when they when they nominated Donald Trump for the presidency to run for the Republican nominee uh, years ago, four years ago, five years ago, or whatever, um, whenever they when they announced him, the reason Dana White spoke there is because they were so close, because Trump was the first person in the Trump Taj Mahal and all that would allow UFC fights to be held inside of his hotels. Money man, businessman. Yeah. So it's definitely came a long way. Now you have to be a pure mixed martial artist. You need to have you need to have a sop. A lot of people say that wrestling is the the original base. If you want to do MMA, you get good at wrestling, everything else will come. Because you naturally know how to throw a punch. Tightening it up and making it more technical, that's where the coaching and everything comes in. But you have to be a pure MMA artist now. You have to have a great base with wrestling. You have to know jujitsu. You don't have to be proficient at it, but you have to be able to understand how to get out of certain positions when you get put in it. You gotta have a great stand up game. You gotta be able to have head movement and, and cardio. It's it's a whole different world than what it was back then. Back great, then, when great example of that is GSP. He was when, like the when GSP first came in, you, he was truly a wrestler. There was nothing else. As he kind of progressed in his career in, in UFC, you start to see a change. All of a sudden, his his stand up started coming up even better. His ground, his his grappling became just phenomenal. It felt like overnight, in my my opinion. And I was not a GSP fan. But literally watching him from his early days in fighting to where he went right before he fought, um, uh, he called out Matt. What's Matt Hughes. Name? Matt Hughes. That was an astonishing I'm fight. Not in, I'm not impressed with your performance. Remember so that? I, yeah, <laughs> it was. I feel like most people that would be listening to this podcast understand who Hoist Crazy is, and and are probably if they if they're not an MMA person, they're probably in the same boat as me. They know Hoist Crazy. They remember those blockbuster fights. Blah blah blah. Right. So my question to you guys as experts, because that's what I, I, I put you three up against. Any, I ain't listen to MMA podcasts, but I put you three up against anybody. All right, so my question to you is, has the talent now gotten so good is why I, as just a regular spectator, look at it and go, man, it's a little barbaric for me because I ain't – I'm just used to boxing and, and fake wrestling. MMA you know? is more like real fighting, dude. No, I, I get like, it, but but Hoist Gracie was so dominant, and, and what y'all are saying is jiu-jitsu is so new around here. It's, it's, it's like it, anything else, it evolves. So the fighters now are more in tune and have enough skill in jiu-jitsu and themselves to get out of certain moves that maybe Hoist would have done 20, 30 years ago. And there's no gi now. And there's no gi. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, look, if Hoist Gracie, a lot of them fight – Hoist Gracie had to fight a lot of them fights without his gi. He probably doesn't win a lot. That's what I was getting at. He uses that as leverage, as grip, 
You know what I mean? Once you take that away and you're grabbing your sweaty arm, mm-hmm. you don't have, you can't wrap your hand up in your gi and pull a chokehold. Pretty much with that okay. gi. That's what like I was a, getting at. It's like, like a, having a rope. A bow constrictor when he's got that gi. Okay. Right? You can wrap it. Because for it's like me, like soccer, I was ahead of my time. High school here. The talent wasn't as good as I was. So I was dominant. But I, but you know, getting into coaching and stuff, I always looked at it like, man, if I play now, I would just be a good player. Wouldn't be great. Be average. So I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like it, with a Hoist Gracie and is it like it, a 25 year old Hoist Gracie today? Is he an MMA champ in his weight category? No, no. Okay, that's what you, you that's got, what you I want to understand. Back back then it was completely yes, different. They, that's, no stand up. Yeah, they, that's what I want. It's all get about at. being well rounded. Okay, you can be an an ace in wrestling. That can be your forte. But if you don't have the stand up, if you don't have takedown defense. Right now, uh, so many guys that have the ability to take you down and just ground and pound you, and if they put you in positions that are that are not going to be good for you, it's going to hurt. I mean, how many times have we seen a guy get knocked down, that person goes into side control or gets to mount and puts them in the crucifix or just starts pounding on the heads, and you, all you're doing is seeing that one glove go up, kind of trying to block, and that's all they're doing. So it's it's such change to the point that, you can't just be a one round a one one type fighter anymore. It's got to be. We can put it towards the NFL and other sports. 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, players in their respective sports weren't as good as players are now. Oh, yeah. Because of cha- the transition of what we're able to do, the way of training, the way, I mean, I'm sure with Gracie and them, his training, uh, you know, entourage was his family. Now you got American top team. You got all these different people and they're flying specialists in strictly just to go ahead and, and train you for Look at Usman. He goes and trains with Trevor Whitman, dude. And it he's a stand-up his fighter all of a sudden. Yeah, it changes his game. So I, I it's definitely the, the the progression from what UFC or from what MMA was years ago to what it is now. It's it's fucking night and day. You know what I mean? And it's I mean, and that's not taking anything away from Hoist Crazy because no, no, no. he's, I mean. No, they're the godfathers. That's godfathers of the sport from what I understand. The, and yeah, without them, the UFC is not what it is. You there's get, a lot of people, though, that will jump on exactly what you're saying and, and, and on that LeBron, Michael Jordan talk. So Don't even get me started. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah, we're, that, we'll, save that, we'll save that for no, that's and, another. That's and, another Jimmy hey, Jack at a later episode. Is a, episode. I have a guy that um, has I've known for a while, and, and he wants to do an NBA podcast, and he is a huge LeBron person. So to test the waters with him, I'm going to bring him into both shows, and I'm gonna, we're going to go at him and just see what, how he – because he is like and, – and he knows his stuff. And he knows old school NBA players, and but nah, I just I'm I not think that guy be, when it comes to NBA. So I'm me just either, but let Jimmy take it. Me either. I mean, I go there with him. But there's no way in the world that you're gonna argue that LeBron's better than Jordan. No way. So yeah, I'll pass it off to everybody. But Tom, but Tom Brady's to go. But what you guys are saying with MMA, it does it does. It's kind of the same argument, right? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, but Hoist Gracie isn't the goat. Well, the every, last time Horse Gracie fought, agree see, I would it. say to me, being a non-fan, would you guys are making me a fan. The last time Horse Gracie to March fought, 6th, Matt Should Hughes took his in? back and, and pulverized him. The last time Horse Gracie was in the octagon, Matt Hughes got on his back and beat the piss out of him on his back. So that's why I said the whole game has evolved so much that the old Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that Horse Gracie, it's still there. But what he did, it's not there anymore. Gotcha. Good point. 
the March sixth event. We're definitely gonna do that, guys. Have you locked? Have you locked up? The I mean, I'm going to, but I just. I but mean, I don't know. Are they gonna lock it up? Hey, we better be doing this year because I took the Listen, weekend off, bro. March sixth. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I haven't contacted them yet, but March sixth, our plan. Hey, I tell you, you what, we'll just do it like this. We'll do it like this. We may not even look. Our plan is to record or cover it as a live Facebook live, YouTube live, TikTok, or TikTok, multiple live or streaming platforms. We're that our plan is to cover the fight, cover the fight at Davenport Ale House, and cover it live on YouTube or TikTok or whatever. But if we can't get the reserve place, hey, fuck it, hey fans, come out and hang out with us on March six. We're gonna be at the Davenport Ale House, the Beard and the Boys. Hey. Let's come drink some beers, hang out. Hey, either they got enough room for us or they won't have enough we got room a, for us. We so got time. So we're putting it out there now. That's the plan. March 6th, I'm going to be contact the Ale House, see what we can set up. If that does not work out at the Ale House. We're hanging out at Omar's house. We'll have, no, listen, <laughs> listen. We have, some, uh, um, we have some options there. We could like have a, a nice uh, pre-fight at the brewery, the front page brewery. Shout out to them real quick. And uh, we could see what they could do that in that aspect but the plan now is the ale house but but look forward to more things coming you know in the future with mma fights and events like that that we're going to try to host oh yeah definitely keep track of it on our on all of our social media facebook um twitter instagram all of that so uh yeah big things to come big things to come and and guys if, if we can get the ale house we'll, we'll figure out something but fans out there if you know a place yeah, that's, where, that, where's that better can, than that can pull us put us up for for the for the day? Please let us know. Yeah, like let I us said, know. Hit us up on our social media, and we'll we'll make time contacts. We out need there. space from eight p.m. to one a.m. That's about what time the fight stops. It's about one a.m. You agree? So eight p.m. when the prelims start, or they start at seven. Fuck it. Say seven p.m. to one a.m. We need space. We know we're coming in ten, twelve deep, but we want listeners and everything to follow us we and, want, and show up with us. So and look, have a good time. Right now we have hundred and sixty-seven followers on Facebook. Let's get it up to five hundred by then. I tell you what, I tell you what, I will, I will send the five hundredth fan to follow us on Facebook. A beard in the boys T-shirt. Hey. You send me. You send me the size. I ain't even got one yet. Hey, so. the f- Shit. Yours, yours is coming. Yours is coming. Damn, I'm on. gonna be the yours prince forever, bro. So, hey, the 500th follower on Facebook, the beard and the boys will get you your own beard and the boys T-shirt, and there's, and and we'll get it out to you, okay? And we might throw in some extra special stuff on the backside of that, but definitely a beard and the boys T-shirt for our 500th follower on Facebook. So, guys, share it, pump it up. Fucking follow it. You know what? I tell you what. This is what we'll do. Because I don't want to do the 500 follower because it's not fair to all the people who followed us in the beginning. True. So true. what I'll do is we're going to go down the friends list and we're going to randomly pick one person from the 500 followers to get that T-shirt. So let's get the 500 followers so we can have the drawing for the T-shirt. Ooh. And that way we can send it out there. That way Ooh. everybody who's been there. I, I got. I mean, we're just doing this on the fly. On the fly. Let's on go. the fly. So and we'll and we'll go ahead and no, so on, that, not, on March sixth, we get that five hundred follower. Everybody, we'll name that person how about, live. How about this? and if you come out on March sixth, I'll buy your first beer. I mean, we didn't we didn't lock that in yet. I'm you're throwing not, I'm throwing out something here. You're not buying what? everybody their first no, beer. Right? The person who I was wins about to say first you, 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 the winner. What if, what yeah. if we did this? Okay. 
So today's episode is number three. It goes out. We have another episode, at least another one or two before that, right? So every every episode or post that you do on Twitter, we'll just do Twitter. Make it easy, okay? If you're following on Twitter, what I'm proposing is, and our Twitter our Twitter handle is at Beard Boys at Beard Boys with a Z on the end. Look for the weird puppet looking face. That's us. Every time you post on Twitter. If somebody retweets it, write that person's name down. They get an entry. Or screenshot it and put it in a folder. Right. They get they get an entry. And then everybody who's retweeting the event or anything you post, you get put into that little, and it, you know, it may only be seven people, and then no seven people got a shot to win it. Hey, guys, and I have I know we have followers on Twitter from Britain. We have followers Russia? on Twitter from Switzerland. I didn't tell you. Did, did I tell you all about Russia? Russia hit. Oh, we're in Russia we now? In Russia. We in Russia. We in Russia oh, now. Shit. Hey, that's Khabib. Hey, intern over there that's sleeping. <laughs> you know why She's Khabib's up. following us? Because I called McGregor a bitch. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, I like that guy. So, yes, th- no matter where you're at, we'll get your shirt to you regardless. So, like or retweet. You know what? Like, retweet, follow us, give us a thumb and like it on Facebook. Do um, it. Damn it. All your, all your all eligible. All right, so here you go. I tell you what, I'm going to plug. Everybody's eligible. Listen, (laughs) listen, everybody listen. We're going to go off of our, I feel like we should go off of our, we're going to go off of Facebook followers. I think Facebook is more, more proficient through most people. A lot of our followers go through Facebook. So we're going to go off Facebook followers. All right, that's more, that's more family and friends oriented. Okay. 500, when we get to 500, we're going to have a drawing for a t-shirt. I don't care where you're located at in the world, the country, it doesn't matter. We'll get your fucking shirt. Man, t-shirt. y'all going to hit 470 and that shit just going to stop. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not joining hey, yet. I'm hey. not joining. No, no. Not the 500 <laughs> follower. Okay. Once we hit 500 followers, we will draw out of oh, all the followers. Oh, out of the 500 that are there. Okay, right. I got you. And, I got you. And you know what? We might pick multiple people to get shirts. We don't know. Just get us the 500. So what mm. I'm telling you is, listen up, everybody. Get a pen and a paper. You need to I'm stop doing to your hands like you're Trump. Like you, you in that shit now. Listen, listen. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. I just need to let everybody. That's know. part of the bonus episodes that will be coming out over this the next our, year. This is our social media. Okay, so get a pen, get a piece of paper, and write it down. So follow uh, us on Facebook at Beard Boys Official. Then follow us on Twitter at Beard Boys. With a Z, guys. And then follow us on Instagram at beard underscore boys official. And, I mean, that, hey, that's all of our uh, all of our social media. So write that down. Follow us. And, hey, let's get the 500, dude, and let's give away some shit. I Jimmy, like giving away some shit. Jimmy, how you liking this, man? You liking this podcast hey, game? Yeah, I like this. You like having this podcast? Hell, yeah. Hey, I, I enjoy you, myself, man. Yeah, let me tell you this. Me and my brother, we didn't really hang out a whole lot. Before this, you know what I mean? We both got families. We kind of, he got baseball, I got football with, with my son and family stuff. We didn't really, you know, so it's really refreshing to be able to come in here, talk shit about sports, really be able to touch base, and at the same time, get to hang out with my brother every mm-hmm. Wednesday. That's and a fact. I, and I, I mean, I hung out with Omar all the fucking time. So I'm playing mean. golf with Omar Sunday, so this is good stuff. I know. Hold on. How the fuck am I not playing golf on Sunday? You play golf? No, but I can go out there and swing a fucking You're more club. than welcome. Then come Good. on. Just can I borrow me. your clubs, Omar? I got oh, jeez. Here we go. Look, I got rid of my clubs. I got I got clubs. Listen, we you. play. I got clubs. I, listen, Omar. I was going to tell you, we play a scramble anyway. Like, you already said what you shoot. I ain't going to put it on air. Oh, go. You're talking, I'm good with it. But 130, 140, listen, something like that. So, whenever I, I play, even, even the guy that I might play with Saturday, my buddy, 
He, because uh, my wife's going away, so I'm having a good weekend. No, I'm just playing. I miss you, babe. Um, he, we play, like, he shoots in the 90s, you know? What? Like, he shoots 90s, but when we play. That's my brother. When we my play, it's we, we shoot a scramble. Like, we go out there and try to shoot par together as a team. So, come on, if you want to go. 902, what I say? 90 what? 908. Where we playing at? Up in Bartow. Bartow. Ooh, Bartow. A tea time in Bartow. 908. That's only nine holes, right? Like 18 or nine? They got 18. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it don't some, rain the day before. Somebody or, told me that they only had nine. Because it's been so wet. Oh, and the other the nine. The backside of Bartow, or they call it, yeah, they call it the bottom. It it backs up the Peach River. Oh, so yeah. it gets wet over there. And, and go, this year. Me and Jimmy used to go frog gigging out there listen, years ago. I, I'm be honest with you. I've never Ooh. seen what, I mean, when it comes to the amount of rain that we've got here, guys, people take it like they don't think about it, but. It's been a lot of fucking rain. I know, I don't want to get too much into it, but I know a, a particular area that every year it's wet until about, let's say, October. And then it starts drying up. Bro, it's still soaked. So, I mean, it, we've had a lot of rain in Florida yeah, here. A lot of rain. But we got power. Yeah, sorry and I'm to, sweating. Sorry so. to, yeah, we're not freezing. We got power and no air conditioning in this room, but we, you know, indeed, at least we got some lights. You got anything else you want to cover, Jimmy? No, I'm good. You got anything else you want to cover? Man, it's a great day, man. You got anything you want to cover? I'm going to hit it one more time. I'll give you our social media: Twitter at Beard Boys with a Z, Facebook at Beard Boys Official, Instagram at Beard underscore Boys Official. Follow us. Hey guys, love you. Thank you. Follow us. 500 followers. Give some shit away. See ya. We live just the way we want. We fuck just the way you like. We suck just the way we do.